Episode 6 of War in the Book of Mormon, Part 1.5, Armed Conflict Introduction, Lessons. Welcome to War in the Book of Mormon. I am Brian Steed, and in this episode, we will summarize the lessons from Part 1 of our podcast. I want to inform you that all opinions and suppositions expressed in what follows are entirely mine and in no way reflect the positions, opinions, or policies of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, let us begin. Lehi and Nephi, as well as those who traveled with them, had a history that is not recorded in the current pages of the Book of Mormon. They and their extended family had had experience with armed conflict in their lifetimes or within recent familial memory. This personal and familial experience is critical to understand in appreciating how conflict in the Book of Mormon was shaped. This helps to explain some of the details one does not see, especially in the small plates of Nephi. These details also help to add some depth to the battle narratives provided later in the Book of Mormon. By providing a context of events that is rich and detailed beyond what was or could have been written on the pages one reads today. Finally, for those who seek support of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, the very omissions in the record are remarkable. Any novice Bible scholar, if he were trying to pattern the conflicts of that existing record, would have included some aspects of battle that are notably absent. In this episode, the intent is to provide just a brief summation of those lessons that Lehi, Nephi, and the others might have brought with them as a result of their life in the Levant, their journeys through the Arabian Peninsula to reach the land bountiful, and finally, the experiences with pre-existing cultures in the Promised Land when they arrived. It is also crucial to clearly identify that Laman, Lemuel, and the sons of Ishmael were also learning through these same experiences, though they may have picked up different lessons. This emphasis on what was learned may have been critical in defining the different ways of fighting as seen throughout the pages of the Book of Mormon. What might Lehi and his children have known of military matters? First, we address culture and history. War was important in the lives of societies and cultures in the ancient Levant. The kingdoms and empires of the region all used war as a tool for growth and development. There seemed to be a compelling need to use conflict as a means of societal justification. The Phoenicians stand out as a group who focused on mercantilism and trade to expand their influence, culture, and society rather than conflict. They seem to be the one regional exception that proves the rule. Even with this comment, the Phoenicians were not a warless society, rather the opposite. They used conflict when they perceived it to be necessary. The children of Israel created their position in the land of Canaan through conquest, bloodshed, and offensive-mindedness. The great leaders of Israelite history were successful military commanders, 
the children of Lehi and Ishmael were certain to have grown up hearing stories of Moses and his ability to grant victory against the Amalekites by keeping his hands raised, or of Joshua leading the children of Israel against Jericho, as well as the stories of Joshua commanding the sun to stand still so the Israelites could continue with their victorious battle, Gideon and his defeat of the Midianites, David and his slaying of Goliath, and so many other conflict-related events. These were the exciting stories of the culture and people and only reflect a handful of the existing stories of the current Hebrew Bible, which means that those who lived much closer to the events described probably enjoyed more stories in greater detail than we have now. This was a people who carved out their place in the world through conflict, and they were proud of the achievement. Second, what came from the scriptures? The discussion of the scriptural stories previously is important as so much of the history and culture of the ancestors of the main characters of the Book of Mormon record were directly pulled from the pages of our Old Testament. It is also important to recall that Lehi had with him a scriptural history of his ancestral line back to the Garden of Eden. So, they had the stories as well as their ability to recall the stories. In this record were words that would stay with the people long after the meaning of the word would have changed from the original intent. I think specifically of the word chariot. There are numerous references of the chariots of the opposing armies, whether they be Egyptian, Assyrian, Babylonian, or from the children of Israel themselves in the recorded Old Testament. What did this word mean to Lamoni several hundred years later when he had Ammon prepare his chariot for him to take to see the king of the Lamanites? It is almost certain that this was not the same war cart or mobile firing platform of the Levantine world. How could they have retained such an image over dozens of generations with nothing but a word and a brief historical account? It would be analogous to a person today who had never seen an image of a pike reading that word in the pages of a book. With no one to explain what a pike was or how it was used in context, how could someone conceptualize the item? For those listening who don't know what a pike is, it is a polearm of some 10 to 12 feet long and intended to help infantry fight against mounted knights. It became popular as wielded by untrained city dwellers against the violent nobility in the 1500s in Europe. The time between us and the pike wielders is a relative analog of the time between Lamoni from Alma chapter 17 and Lehi and Nephi when they depart Jerusalem. In the Old Testament are numerous stories of battles. None of the battle narratives features the detail that we will see later in the Battle of Man, but there are brief explanations of deceptions, stratagems, tactics and motivations and reasons for conflict. In some cases, the details provided in one book of scripture are uncommonly familiar with those in the other. Clearly, those who studied the brass plates were not just reading the words, but applying some of the lessons. Third, what came from personal experience? We have no detail of the history of Lehi, his children, or his extended family, 
before that provided in the Book of Mormon and the events of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah. Some of the events have been discussed in the previous episodes. It is certain that Lehi was an adult at the time of Josiah's death at the Battle of Megiddo. It is possible that Laman or Lemuel may have been of fighting age at that time as well. These men must all have been of adult military age at the time of the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem in 598 to 597 BC, though they may not have been at the city or its environs at the time. The point of this is to express the fact that Lehi, Ishmael, and their sons were not just possessors of a cultural tradition of conflict experience, or simply readers and scholars of such experience. Rather, it is possible that all, or some of these men, were direct participants in some or both of these events. In the reign of Josiah, as he sought to reassert the control of the kingdom of Judah over his surrounding kingdoms, there was an expansion of outposts, watchtowers, and fortified cities. Some of the men who occupied these positions were local levies called up for a period of service, while others were permanent military, and others were mercenaries. Not only could those whose story we read in First Nephi have participated in some of the battles, some of them may have been conscripted or volunteered to serve as part of the recently expanded military of the kingdom. This is speculation, and uncertain at best, but it is also within reason to suppose that the people in the early chapters of the Book of Mormon had personal experience in the conflict-related activities of the early 6th century BC, and that they brought with them a personal knowledge of how battles were waged or how military personnel were commanded. If so, they would have brought an understanding of garrisons and open field battles. They would have seen the king on his chariot and the power of archers, slingers, and spear-wielding infantrymen. They would definitely have known of the horrors of those besieged and would have seen the strength of the walls and the powerfully fortified gates of Jerusalem. This they would have seen, experienced, and known with their own eyes. Typically, this kind of experience is only granted to Nephi, as if he were the only man in the family to have killed another man. This may have been true, but it would be irresponsible to ignore all of the other evidence with respect to the historical context and accept only that information specifically written in the record. Possibly the most powerful line in the entire Book of Mormon for setting the context is that when Nephi says, quote, For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. Close quote. This line is given to place the reader in time and place. As Nephi saw us, he must also have assumed that his setting would have meaning for those who read the Bible. It is as if someone were to say, I lived during the Great Depression. This places each listener amongst so many facts, figures, and experiences that a detailed explanation of historical context would be superfluous. What might Lehi and his children have learned from the Arabs? Once again, the details of contact between Lehi's family and the local inhabitants on their way to the land bountiful is unclear. There is a reference in Doctrine and Covenants, 
section 33, verse 8, that gives the idea that Nephi taught people the gospel on the journey. This scripture does not mean that Nephi taught people who were Arab nomads. It is unclear. There is allusion to the fact that the Lord wanted the family of Lehi to travel separated from the normal traveling paths as they were to be led by the Lord in 1 Nephi chapter 17 verses 12 and 13. The fact that the family of Lehi was commanded not to have fire might suggest that they were to be separated from the nomads and kept from their notice. This is very possible in a world where each wadi is a world unto itself and being just a wadi away can ensure protection from even the deadliest of opponents. Once again, no answers. It is possible that the family was aware of the raiding strategies of the Arab nomads and that they followed the command of no fire partly out of a concern of separation from attacks from these groups. If this were so, then they would have understood the tactics and techniques and sought to avoid them. Additionally, when they taught the gospel, there would have been contact and discussions beyond that of a gospel topic. They would have heard stories of raids and fighting. As a result of these reasonable suppositions, it is probable that Lehi and his family brought to the promised land a concept of nomadic tribal raids. They would have understood the use of weather and terrain to mask the approach toward a camp. They would also have understood that in such battles the real goal was to gain the property and not necessarily kill everyone. This was about honor and not slaughter, though slaughter was also and almost always a part of the endeavor. What might Lehi and his children have learned from the native inhabitants where they arrived? Of all the areas from which lessons were derived, this is the most difficult to assume. So much is not said in the Book of Mormon, and even in the secular historical records, that it is completely unclear what was transferred. Suffice it to say that the change in terrain, vegetation, and weather would have forced the family of Lehi to adjust their conceptualization of conflict. They could not fight as the Arabs did, nor did they have the people to fight as did the kingdoms and empires of the Levant. In addition to these changes, it is also certain that they adjusted and adapted their concept of weapons, armor, and fortifications to fit the materials and needs presented. I want to express just how different the world was where they landed in the Promised Land from the world that they left in the Arabian Peninsula or in the Levant. A simple example might suffice. In the Arabic language, the word for wilderness is also a synonym for the word for desert. So in Arabic, wilderness equals desert. That is obviously different than how an American English speaker uses the word wilderness, where it typically means wooded or heavily vegetated area. The children of Lehi faced a conflict dilemma unlike any seen by their contemporaries in Jerusalem. The threats seemed to be themselves, small groups. The weapons had to be manufactured and their fortifications could only be built by the dozens or hundreds of people who were present in the first two to three generations. There seemingly were no empires, no kingdoms, 
no tribes. All there were were families with a knowledge of a world of conflict fading away like a shadow, and they could only rely on the written word to help revive that shadow before they could make it into any form of reality. How can I apply these lessons to me? At each battle or campaign analysis, I will provide some thoughts about making this relevant to each one of us. This needs to be personal. In this episode, I will follow the same pattern as that used for Lehi's family, culture slash history, scriptures, and experience. Each of us is a product of all three. What do we learn from them? What have we been taught by the history of our nation, our people, our family? Who was stalwart and strong in the face of adversity? How did they deal with the struggles in their lives? What can I, or you, learn from those stories, those adversities, and those accomplishments? Each of us can turn to the scriptures for lessons for our lives. We are all in struggles that are analogous to conflict, and the stories of conflict in the scriptures provide us lessons to help us solve those challenges. We all need to look for lessons from our personal experience. I am a big fan of the phrase anti-fragile. We don't want to bounce back from adversity. We want to become stronger as a result of dealing with adversity. That comes from recognizing our successes in dealing with challenges and also recognizing that we can overcome hard things, becoming stronger as a result of succeeding. I want to give a personal example of each of these three. Gary Klein published a book called Sources of Power, How People Make Decisions in 1998. I look at these three as sources of power for resilience and anti-fragility. The history of the United States of America has been a tremendous source of power for me in my nearly 30 years in a military uniform. The connection of the church's assertion that the United States Constitution is an inspired document and my oath to support and defend that document worked hand in hand to assist me in difficult times during that service. As a teenager, my father encouraged me to return to regular reading of the Book of Mormon. I am deeply grateful for that, as it was during that period in my life that many of the people that we will talk about became sources of strength and motivation. I wanted to be like Nephi, Ammon, Moroni, and Teancum. I also wanted to be like Daniel. These scriptural role models provided examples for spiritually informed behavior. My family history is one of hard work and service. My parents, brother, and I joined the church when I was eight years old. I was young enough to enjoy the blessings of growing up with gospel teachings in the home, but old enough to recognize the change that happened when the Spirit of the Lord entered our lives and home. It changed everything. I look at my parents' example of hard work and service to God and family as a source of power in my life. All of this is true for me and was true for Nephi as he traveled in the wilderness and he and his family dwelt in a tent. The next episode begins part two and our discussion on conflict in the Book of Mormon. Part two explains armed conflict in the small plates of Nephi 
and also provides the history and editorial focus of the prophet and record keeper Mormon. I invite you to reach out and ask questions and send comments to me on Facebook at War in the Book of Mormon or at War in the Book of Mormon at gmail.com. All one word, War in the Book of Mormon at gmail.com. Until next time.